If you were stranded on a desert island and could only take one job with you, what would it be? Hell with that. If I'm stranded on a desert island, I'm going to bring a big old case of fruity drinks and like every recorded episode of BBC Top Gear. You can come find me in about a month. Internet marketing for smart people. Radio. Weekly tips for building and marketing your profitable business online. From copyblogger.com. All right, everybody, Robert Bruce here, and I am very glad to say with my savvy colleague, magnanimous boss, and undefeated chief marketing officer of Copyblogger Media, Sonia Simone. Sonia, you are firing on all cylinders with authority rules these days. How's it going over there? It's really amazing. It's really interesting. Um, you know, we it, it, I blame Brian Clark because, as I have said before, apparently Brian doesn't believe in little projects. And so <laughs> when we thought about doing this kind of virtual conference, you know, immediately he's like on the email to, you know, people like David Meerman Scott and, you know, John Janch and Brian Eisenberg. And, you know, so that's been, it's been amazing to, the interesting thing is to talk with all these people who are authorities in their own right and they're experts and they all have lots of best-selling books and to see how many of the same ideas and principles come up again and again. So that's been very cool, but it's been insane. Um, in a good way, and putting on four live sessions a week, uh, and you know, three or four recorded sessions a week has been—I uh, don't know—it's been crazy, but good. And you don't have to fly to Florida. That's right. I don't have to fly to any any place I don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> and if uh, folks out there listening, if you um, haven't heard yet, uh, Authority Rules is. Um, uh, live seminar conference that we're putting on um, live online, but it's over at authorityrules.com and it is closed now, but folks can go over there, check it out and they can sign up on the list for the next round. Is that, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So just FYI. Um, so that leads me into um, uh, an understanding that you are Sonia, the perfect person to answer a couple of questions I've got today. You wrote a great kind of rant post last month titled, Is Content Marketing Worth the Effort? And what do you say? Is it worth it? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting, you know, it is an interesting question because it is effort. And I think that I do hear that from people who say, well, God, that sounds like, you know, a lot of work, um, which it is. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you've got to, it's, and it's work. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. I mean, Compared to what goes on in a lot of businesses, um, it's yeah. really very, you know, it's not it's not hard work in some ways, but you do have to keep showing up. You do have to keep paying attention. You do have to kind of keep tapping your creativity. Um, and yeah, you're making money in your pajamas, but there are days when that's because it's like two in the afternoon and you haven't had a shower yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, this it's not all Lamborghinis and, and poolside drinks. Um, I'm really yeah. glad you're not flying anywhere these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. It's good. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's worth it because, you know, that dream, which some people call the American dream, but it's it's 
it's an international dream of kind of calling your own shots is absolutely worth it. And if you have to do some interesting, challenging work to get there, that's, you know, that just makes it better. You know, there are going to be people who are coming at this from maybe corporate communications departments or marketing departments inside a bigger company. Yeah, right. Um, And then, but we also have just a lot of one-man shows. You know, we have a lot of one-person operations, two-person operations, whether you're, you know, freelancers of any kind of stripe or coaches or consultants or Pilates instructors or little mom and pop. I mean, we have this great woman in Third Tribe who runs a boat rental company in Destin, Florida. Hmm. Um, So a lot of the smaller business does gravitate to this, partly because I think it's easier for a small business to be creative and responsive and flexible and fast on their feet. It's harder for a big company to do. It is, you know, they're learning, (laughs) bless their hearts, but... (laughs) Yeah, and you've run uh, now your your own successful businesses twice. Correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong on that, but um, with Copyblogger being the latest, and both have been centered around very serious content marketing, um, you know, as a way to promote and bond with readers and customers and and sell to them everything that we teach every day. Can you safely say that content marketing is now a proven way? to build all kinds of businesses online and not just some, you know, passing internet fad. Yeah. And I think it's just getting started. And in a lot of ways, seeing, um, seeing who's in third tribe has really cemented that for me because it's not, some people think that this is a way to sell internet marketing to other internet marketers, you know, um, that, that that's what it's about. And that's such a tiny fraction of the number of businesses who are using this. I mean, again, we've got, you know, um, hair salon owners, um, people doing uh, garden design, people doing nature tours, like wilderness tours. We have um, lots of coaches of all kinds, fitness coaches, business coaches, parenting coaches, um, lots of consultants, obviously, you know, quite a few software and technology people. So really just kind of anything people sell, um, there's probably somebody who does that, who's in the third tribe, talking to us about how our way of doing things is working in their business, entertainment business. Um, Mm. It's just really fascinating. So yeah, it's, you know, I don't know if everything's going to be sold this way. I don't know if Coca-Cola is ever going to be sold this way. I don't know if Tyson Chicken is ever going to be sold this way. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But for the... The small business, which is kind of the backbone of every economy in the world, the the mom and pop business, the you know fewer than fifty employee business, I think this is where it's at, and mm. um, I've seen it work, and I've used it. I mean, I've used this in the travel industry. I've used this uh, when I was doing when I was a freelance copywriter. I used it for stock trading. I used it for a really cool organization that teaches new dads kind of how to deal with the tsunami of this little baby coming into their life. So, you know, I've seen it work in a, a zillion different topics. Real estate, one of the, actually one of the more interesting and profitable ways I've seen it used. So, yeah, it works. It works, and it's just getting started. There are only a few people out there who kind of know how to do it yet. And so that's the coolest thing to me is, if you read Copy Blogger, you've been watching Brian do this for a couple of years now, but you got to realize that the real world has not quite caught up yet. And so everybody who's using content marketing, using this kind of style of marketing, um, is really just getting in kind of at the very, very leading edge. 
I mean, in as much as anyone would or might go out and use brand or image advertising, this can be used, you know, either alongside or, or, or in its place, right? Anywhere where that might be effective. Of course, we're talking about a totally different thing with content marketing, but anywhere where that might be effective, this will, will do and probably will do much better. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, people are putting them together. So, um, one example online of, of, well, it would be, it would still be direct response, but for example, um, if you go to Google and you pay for some Google AdWords, you pay for some, you pay Google some big dollars to advertise what you do, you're seeing people, instead of just sending them back to a sales page, that's like buy or die, you want it or you don't want it, um, which, you know, can work and has worked, they're sending them to content. They're sending them to things like email autoresponders, and they're sending them to a much more immersive environment. Um, and you're gonna, and you're seeing that you're starting to see that with display advertising. You're starting to see, you know, people taking out money to buy magazine ads or billboards or whatever it might be, the old traditional way. And instead of bringing people back to a brochure site, right? Yep. They're bringing them back to a content experience where you yep. can kind of learn and and get things you want for free and have an experience as a prospective customer before you buy anything and um they actually go together pretty well you can still use the traditional advertising model but you're not just using it to build awareness like coca-cola exists you're using it to say we have something beneficial and cool go check it out and it's more you're just going to get a better roi on that any day of the week all right, so let's get back to this question. I, I just love this question. Is it worth it? Because anybody who has taken a look at content marketing, we've got a whole series. I'll link all this stuff up in the show notes. And, and it not only taken a look, but maybe even taken a dive in or has been doing it for several years, knows that this is no get-rich-quick scheme. This yeah. is no kickback with your laptop, like you said, Lamborghinis and, and champagne kind of thing. Like you're, We're really working hard at this. This is a difficult task that um, needs to be done consistently and of, uh, with really high quality. So this question of, man, I am killing myself doing this content marketing day in and day out. Is it really worth it? So what you did in this post was you kind of broke down and take a, took a look at several different uh, ways that business is done. And first, let's take a look at what, uh, how a normal kind of brick and mortar business uh, what they need to get up and running, and then to, beyond that, go ahead and spread the word so they can sell their stuff. Yeah, so like a re- like what we used to call a real business, a normal business. Um, <laughs> you know, the first thing you need. Okay, so first, the first thing is you need to get some of those bricks and mortar, right? You need to get a space, hmm. and space is expensive in most places, particularly in most places that have you know paying customers. So. You need to get a lease. A lease is a commitment. Um, you're usually on the hook for a couple of years. Um, every month, whether or not you know what you did that month worked or not, you've got money going out the door. If you ever want to take a weekend off, you got to have a, a couple of employees so that there's somebody there to talk to the customers when they come in. You've got permits. You've got taxes. You've got... Um, you know, just this whole slew of things that you have to think about and worry about and, you know, and get put together so that you have the privilege of writing a bunch of fat checks every month, whether you made any money or not. Um, And then you kind of hope that 
enough people come in the door that you got more money coming in than going out. And that's small business. And that's why there are all those statistics about the number of small businesses that fail is because it's really hard to make that equation work, especially when you're getting going. Mm. You know, once you're established, then you get a little momentum and that helps. It's still a ton of work though. You still, you know, you're still showing up at the shop every morning at seven o'clock to clean it up and get ready for the day and opening the doors at eight and closing them at six and staying around till seven or eight doing the books. So it's, it's still a long day. Um, but at least when you're established, that momentum carries you. When you're starting out, you have no momentum. So in addition to all of this stuff and being in your shop and, you know, or, or in your manufacturing facility or whatever it is, doing what you do, you've also got to figure out a way to get people to come in and see you. Um, and that's yellow pages and it's those goofy like direct mail coupon things and it's even something like Groupon now. Um, it's billboard ads and and I don't know, maybe you're really wacky and you take out like one of those ads in the shopping carts. Like I always wondered like, really? You know? <laughs> or <laughs> the bus their, the bus sign, yeah. Yeah. Right. Who picks their real estate agent based on the bus sign? Like that's <laughs> very strange. But you know. But you got to get your name out somehow. Yeah. You know, you take out, I mean, people used to take out newspaper ads. Um, maybe you pay an ad agency a lot of dollars you don't have to do, like, um, radio. And, you know, it's all very hit or miss, and it's all really about spending traditional advertising. You're spending $4.75 to get a lead that you hope is going to be worth $5.25 in lifetime business, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just the margins are tiny and tight, and it's really about stress and worry. And um, every single month, you roll the dice again, and did more money come in than went out? And can I can I keep the doors open one more month? Yeah. And let me let me be clear. You're obviously not. Uh, we're not advocating that this. You know, nobody go into a brick and mortar, uh, quote unquote, real business. You made the statement um, in that post. That uh, you know, as compared to what you think content marketing is hard, as compared to what, and that's really yeah. the uh, why we're kind of laying this out step by step. Um, but you're right; it's anybody who's worked a service business or a manufacturing job, um, or of course owned one. This is going to to resonate uh, deeply with them, yeah. some some more than others. And then you move on uh, to what you call um, the tricks and systems type of folks. Yeah, I think that the the appeal behind these guys, and they've always been there, right? I mean, you start to see these guys emerge right around when you start to see mass communication emerge, you know, and you see the little ads. And I mean, they, I know that they had ads in the newspapers of the 19th century that were exact. You could probably run them today, mm. you know, um, make money now from home, you know, yep. in your spare time. And I have a couple of issues with these guys. One of them is that what they're selling you is you are not smart enough or tough enough to survive running a real business. And like we just talked about, there is a special level of grit it takes mm. to run a, a, you know, a bricks and mortar business. It's a, it's a special breed because it is so difficult. So you don't have what it takes. You're too stupid and lazy to do that. So I'm going to sell you a system that any, you know, hamster can just follow the steps and you're going to make a million dollars. And, um, my yep. biggest problem with it is that it's selling people on the idea that they're stupid and lazy, which I think is a complete crock. Um, and my other problem is it's a perpetual motion machine, right? You're, what do you mean by that? They're telling you you can build this system that once it's built, it doesn't need any work to keep going. 
Mm. You know, that it just runs itself. Make mm. money while you sleep. My, I love Dean Hunt's expression that an internet marketer is somebody who works um, 80 hours a week to make money while he sleeps, which is mm. very true. I mean, the thing is, I know the guys, you know, maybe the some of them are names you know and some of them are not names you know, but I know that traditional internet marketer, the ones who are really making it, the ones who are really making some money. I'm not talking about Lamborghini money. I'm just talking about the guys um, who have, let's say that, you know, give yourself six-pack abs information product that they sell with pay-per-click and they make a living on that and they work their tails off. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, they were they were the ones who were smart enough to use the tricks and systems, kind of shake them out, say, okay, this is reality and this other part is BS and actually implemented it. And there's a lot of that stuff that can be implemented and make money, but it is not for people who are stupid and lazy. It's for people who are smart and work hard. Um, and so if you're going to be smart and work hard, you might as well do it our way, because I actually think our way is, um, is easier in some ways than setting up these elaborate systems to trick Google, you know, or to, you know, to get around the need to just put together some quality content. Or if you're not a writer, to go find a writer, and there's writers at all levels out there who could partner with you, but go hook up with a writer and produce, some, produce something worth reading. Um, there's so many tricks and systems that are created because people think they can't produce something worth reading. And that's, I think, kind of, if we have a mission at Copyblogger, it's to educate the person who either has confidence that they can do that, that they can produce content worth somebody's time, or that they know that they can partner with that. There are lots of talented people out there. There are lots of talented content producers, and they want to know about the business. They want to know how to make the business side work. For, for those who are listening to this who may not know exactly what we do, can you lay out just kind of the simple business plan that we and, and so many others are uh, executing every day to, to build a profitable business? Yeah, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to use the framework that we came up with for authority rules because it's a good yep. three-part, you know, it's just a good three-part system. It's easy to remember. Um, so the first part is attract, attract attention, attract the prospective customer. And the copy blogger model is to do that with useful content, with content that's both useful to people, it answers a question they have, it teaches them something they want to know, it gets them a benefit, and it's presented in an entertaining way. It's presented in a user-friendly way. Um, you know, it's not necessarily the comedy channel, but it's it's easy reading, it's easy on the eye, it's well-optimized to be entertaining and interesting. Yep. So that's sort of the attract portion, and with that come things like SEO, um, which is much, much easier if you have this kind of content because guess what the most important element to SEO is? Links. Um, guess who links to crap content? Oh, well, you know, dodgy directories and fake websites. Mm, yep. um, so this is, you know, the, the big SEOs are all moving in this direction. SEO is content, um, which is really how Google wants it. Google wants to rank good stuff. So that's the, attract, the, the attraction or the attention part of the quote-unquote formula. The middle part is the part that a lot of people skip, and I think it's the part that makes it work, which is engage, which is to use all these communication tools that we have. We have a million communication tools. And just make connections. Get yourself trusted. Get people knowing you, liking you, trusting you. Get people to understand who you are, why you know your thing, why you're better 
at your particular take on it than anybody else and what to do next. So it's really creating the engagement, creating any good salesman knows this. Any good salesman understands that rapport will close more sales than like a, a cool, slick closing line. You know, mm. um, if you have rapport with the salesman, you're going to prefer to buy from that salesman. You're going to look for reasons to buy from that salesman. Same thing online. And then the final step is to convert. So you attract the attention, you engage that attention so that those, those eyeballs become really a community, become um, people who feel like they have a relationship, an ongoing relationship with you. And then you use copywriting strategy to present your offer in an appealing way to remove the obstacles to buying, including trust obstacles and and all of those psychological obstacles. Make it easy to buy, make it easy to say yes, deliver a quality product. And then of course, there's really a fourth step on the back end, which is we go back around to engage and we make sure people have an awesome experience after they buy because that's what gets you referrals and repeat business. So it's mm. attract, engage, convert, engage. And it's a big cycle and each one feeds the other and you can't, you kind of can't split one out because they all need each other. Um, you can have awesome attraction and engagement, but if you're a really clumsy copywriter, you can, you're not gonna see the conversion you're looking for. Um, you can be the most ninja copywriter in the world, but if people don't know and trust you, you're going to get tiny, tiny little um, percentage points when you could be doing That's right. 10 times that. And I mean, I mean, literally 10 times that. Mm. Okay. And that kind of comes around to the big answer to this question. Is content marketing worth it? Is all of this work worth it? And um, specifically, my, my question to you are, what are, what are the effects of this kind of marketing that you've seen, particularly compared to, to maybe what you've seen in some of the big advertising spends that a lot of companies make. And I have seen some big advertising spends. I mean, I've worked in marketing departments that spent $12, $13 million a year. Mm. Um, so, you know, okay, it ain't Coca-Cola, but it's, um, it's serious money. And I know what that looks like. And that has, you know, there is a return on that. I think the number one effect um, would be profit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, this is an incredibly profitable way to market your business because you're really tapping creativity and you're really tapping engagement, passion, and energy more than you are tapping the right to broadcast a message to a bunch of eyeballs, which is what you're doing if you get a TV ad or magazine ad. Um, you are You are paying for it with... So you are paying with it with creative work and you are paying with it with, um, you know, some, some heart and some thinking and some care. Um, but that's okay. I mean, when you, I, our numbers bounce around a little bit, but, you know, we're consistently 40 to 50% profit at Copyblogger Media. And we have, you know, we do have a staff. It's not just me and Brian um, because we don't spend money on advertising. We yeah. do not have to spend money on advertising. So profit is, you know, um, kind of an appealing outcome. And the other one is, I think, a reputation that you cannot buy and you cannot fake. Mm. And that is, that is really worth a tremendous amount. It's worth a tremendous amount in, in terms of dollars because you'll find it much easier to get customers 
partners, for example, we have a lot of partners approaching us wanting to do business with us because we have this reputation. And the reputation has been earned over years of, you know, delivering the very best we're able to deliver and never taking that for granted, never, never, you know, believing our own PR and kind of resting. We always push ourselves. Um, and so that kind of reputation and that kind of engagement is very satisfying. So it's, it's a great way to create a profitable business, but it's also, I think, a great way to create a very satisfying business where you really have a connection with the people that you serve. Mm. You know, it's like anything having to do with human relationships. It, it's tiring and it's, it'll drain you, but it also builds you up, you know, and it gives you energy. So it's, you know, to me, it's extremely well worth anybody's while. It's, you know, it's a fantastic way to get the word out about who you are and and how you help people. Yeah, I was thinking uh, as you're talking about a great example of that would be 37 Signals to, to me anyway. Yeah. I mean, they've got uh, fantastic products, obviously, um, but a lot of that, and I think I've even heard uh, Jason Freed or, or uh, somebody over there talk about, you know, I mean, really a lot of this came from the engagement that they offered and attracted on their uh, on their blog over there. The, the daily uh, showing up, talking about their company, talking about their industry, uh, kind of you know giving behind the scenes. They do it a little bit different differently than we do um, at Copy Blogger, but man, that it built an army of fans. Yeah, and the truth is, is there a product that does what 37 Signals Basecamp does that does it better? I don't know, maybe. Huh. Yeah. I mean, maybe there is. I've never heard of it, right? Yeah. And I don't care. I, and I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, I really like their tools. I really like their philosophy. Um, and everybody, you know, kind of knows them and knows how awesome they are. There might be some incredibly brilliant developer out there who has developed a product that's much, much better, but that poor slob is mm -hmm. never going to sell it, you know? And you see that. I mean, how often do you see that? Yeah. You know, the, maybe there, there is a superior invention. I'm not saying there is or there isn't, but even if there were, because that person doesn't know how to connect and engage and get the word out and cultivate fans, that person doesn't see the return yeah. um, that, that a 37 Signals does that has an, a sterling reputation, that has a fantastic community, that has a product that really be kind of people feel very warmly about and people feel very personally about. So, yeah. yeah. it's um, All of this brought up a uh, very interesting question in my mind, and um, it, it comes out something like, I mean, is this even worth talking about anymore? Is this, is this in somewhat a, a mute, uh, moot discussion? Do, do we have any, a choice even anymore, whether we do content marketing or not? Well, I think it depends on how much money you have, you know, and how much time you have. I mean, if you've got, if you are, you know, I don't know, if you're Microsoft and you have all the money in the world... Or if you've just taken $50 million of VC money and you don't have to make it work today and you don't spend any time lying awake at night thinking about how you're going to get um, your your bills paid, then I don't know. I mean, you can just call up an ad agency. They're going to create, um, you know, an image campaign for you, an awareness campaign so everybody will be aware of you. Mm. And... If you have enough money, that that may very well continue to work, particularly for products like soft drinks or 
um, you know, other things that are basically all the same thing. It's just a question of um, the story that's told around those things. Um, you know, Virgin Cola couldn't beat Coke and Pepsi, um, even though they kind of had a more interesting story. Although apparently it's because Virgin Cola was disgusting. So I don't know. <laughs> they probably should have a good product. Um, but even with all that money, right? Yeah. But yeah, you know, um, so yeah, I think it depends on how much time, how much money you have. I think that as time goes on, there may be a different answer to that. And it may be no, you know, hmm. um, nobody owes you any attention just because they're sitting there watching, you know, biggest loser does not mean they're going to pay attention to your crummy ad. Um, they don't have to. And the days when, when businesses could count on getting our attention because they paid for it, that clock is ticking. And if people don't start producing advertising, I don't think there's anything wrong with advertising. But the kind of advertising I like is the kind of advertising that's inherently valuable, that's inherently cool and wonderful and interesting and makes people's lives better. Yeah, you and I've heard you and Brian talk about Ogilvy's um, Guinness and... Uh, uh, Guinness and Oysters. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up here. But the uh, um, it's something that you want to keep, like an object right. in and of itself. If I had that poster, I would probably frame it and it'd be on my wall right now. Oh, man, that was, we should like... Can you, my birthday's coming up. Can you find it? Yeah. yeah. There's gotta be someplace we can buy. And so for those who don't know the example, David Ogilvy, one of the greatest copywriters ever, one of the great original Mad Men advertising guys, um, founded a huge agency that still keeps his name, Ogilvy, which is an excellent agency. I've worked with them. Um, had a poster for, to advertise Guinness and, was a poster of like 12 different kinds of oysters and the characteristics of the different kind and this kind of oyster was good with this kind of food and that kind of oyster was you know had this smoky flavor and and then of course all of these oysters taste good with guinness and so the guinness frames the whole the whole advertisement and yeah it's the kind of thing that you would put in a pub um, to sell more oysters and to sell more Guinness mm. because it's interesting and it's something that people read. It's like the back of the cereal box, right? Yep. It's interesting. It pulls our attention in. Um, and that kind of advertising, I think, is very cool. The kind of advertising that assumes that, um, well, you're just sitting there and you're too lazy to, like, get up. So you're going to look at this ad whether you want to or not. People are not any less lazy, but they have much more sophisticated tools. So, yeah, right. <laughs> You know, you, you can't buy their attention anymore. You have to earn it. And that's, that's what's changing. And that is where the little smart business is going to be able to um, outrun and outcompete the big dumb business. Now, not all those big businesses are dumb, but most of them are dumb. And most of them, I think, I think most of them will fall. You know, and maybe it takes 50 years. I mean, I'm not saying next year. But I think that the big businesses that won't and can't learn because they're too big to learn are going to be snapped up by little, aggressive, nimble businesses that can create this kind of messaging, this kind of advertising that is, um, in the words of Gary Bensavenga, who's another wonderful copywriter, advertising that's too valuable to throw away. The Guinness Guide to Oysters was the uh, headline on that one. I'll, uh, I'll link up a, a, a photo of it. But yeah, too, too valuable to give away. It's actually uh, valuable information in there. Uh, it's entertaining, and uh, you can't not be attracted by it. Yeah. Well, any final words on this? Anything I missed uh, that you want to cover? Yeah, I, the only thing I, is I would tell 
people who are listening who are maybe the more nimble, the more small business, um, there's really a new way of thinking about what a business is. And I've, I've totally had people tell me I'm not a real entrepreneur because I never had to put my company's payroll on my personal credit card. Because mm. um, that used to be, you know... As if it's that, a badge of honor. Yeah, that used to be, you know, the milestone, right? And not to say that there aren't plenty of businesses out there that are, are struggling or putting the payroll on the credit card, but there is a new kind of way of doing business because if you choose to, you can take your cost of marketing down to very, very tiny number. Um, and you can start getting people in the door without spending all of your profit on that. Um, so, you know, be lean, be smart, be competitive, be hyper-profitable, please. Go out there, be hyper-profitable. Use these tools, communication tools. Um, this kind of marketing is run on imagination and it's run on engagement and passion rather than dollars. And um, there's a whole new ecosystem out there. So mm. if that's you, if you fit in that ecosystem, get out there and start doing it and don't let anything slow you down because this is really your moment. So get out there and make the most of it. All right, let's put this one away, Sonia. I want to thank, as always, everybody out there for listening. If, uh, if our little show here does anything for you, uh, one of the best ways um, that you can help us get the word out is to head over to iTunes and give us a rating and a comment if you uh, so are so compelled to do so, etc. If you've got any questions or comments on what Sonia and I have been talking about today, go ahead, drop a note in the comment section of this show's post. And... Um, Sonia, thank you so much for your time. And um, I'm going to see you, I think, uh, three weeks from now back on the show. So thanks a lot for coming by today. Awesome. Thanks, Robert. It's been fun as always. Internet marketing for smart people. Radio. Weekly tips for building and marketing your profitable business online. From copyblogger.com. 